say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. As fall fills up with activities and obligations, even a small time saver can feel like a big help. Grammarly is an all-in-one writing tool that makes clear, concise communication easier than ever. So you can finish your work earlier and head off to family dinners, social events, and fall weddings. Grammarly is free to download and works where you do, so every project gets finished quicker. Make sure your writing is free of mistakes with Grammarly's free, comprehensive writing suggestions and get an instant take on how your message comes across with the free tone detector. Let Grammarly Premium's sentence clarity rewrites help you find the perfect words on the first try. You'll be confident writing client emails, deadline-driven reports, and presentations without staying late at the office. Get more time back in your day by writing with Grammarly. Go to Grammarly.com slash podcasts to sign up for a free account. Then get 20% off when you're ready to upgrade to Grammarly Premium. That's Grammarly.com slash podcasts. Climate change. People just need to wake up and appreciate that if they don't do their part, it's going to be 10 times harder. So really, you need to get more and more collaborations going, not just with partners, but with customers, with people that normally you wouldn't collaborate with. And my name is Charles Carlson. I work in Siemens Energy. Unbearable Sports Podcast. I'm your host, Brad Barron, and joining me remotely is my co-host, Blake Barron. Blake, it was awesome seeing you this weekend. Awesome, awesome golfing with you. But Blake, Blake, it, this 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 was a tough game. This is a really yeah. tough game. How, yeah, it was. How you feeling? What's new? <laughs> uh, not much. I mean, fancy. Fantasy team is losing the badges lost. They only scored one passing touchdown. The Bears didn't score a single touchdown on offense. So, you know, being a Badgers fan and a Bears fan is just not <laughs> not the best best place to be right now. So, yeah, not a lot of good know, it, it was, it was, Exactly. It was it was great the first half, second half just downhill. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So, we're talking about the Bears miserable loss six to 26 to the Cleveland Browns in Cleveland. So we knew that this game was going to be tough. And I know that Blake and I, we had very, you know, we had very optimistic takes on this. We, we both thought that the Bears were going to win and they did not Uh, and Blake, one of the big things that I know that we talked about was that this Browns defense, I know this was something that was big for me, this Browns defense. I said like they, they weren't 
playing well. The story of of Browns of the of Cleveland media was maybe we should fire our defensive coordinator. And what do you know? The Bears, we are the team that everything just seemed to click <laughs> for this defense. And yeah, they made they made up for it. And that that it, it was hard to watch. Oh yeah, it was <laughs> I, I never felt so like I just want to not watch this game anymore yeah. than that game. And like I tried to stay optimistic. I was like, okay, like, you know, we were still down like 10 points, like for most of the game, right? You know, a score or two scores. So I'm like, literally, if we if we just like score right now, like yeah. we could be in this game. Yeah. And then it was just <laughs> you know, net net that one passing yard in the entire game. So uh, yeah, this yeah. is the first game that I ever, cause the first two weeks, it felt like we should have been up by more or we should have had more points. It shouldn't, we should be winning this game. This was one of those games where we're like, I can't believe that the Browns aren't winning by more. <laughs> so yeah. Yeah. so yeah, obviously a difficult loss, but somewhat expected. We were seven point dogs going in to the dog pound. And they definitely went over. Uh, they they beat us by about 20. So just overall with the stats, we could not get anything going from an offensive perspective. We only got a total of one passing yard. That's subtracting the nine different sacks that the offensive line gave up. Obviously, this is Justin Fields' first ever start. Not a great, not a great start to this rookie career, but then to this defense, I mean, to this rushing attack, we only had 46 rushing yards. Now on the flip side for the defense, we gave up 203 passing yards, not too bad, but we gave up 215 rushing yards. That did, it didn't seem that bad when we were watching it. <laughs> like, holy crap. 215, like 84 to Nick Chubb and 81 to Kareem Hunt. Now, Kareem was dominating. He was yeah. he was a dominant force all day today, but... We couldn't tackle him to save our lives. Anyone on the team could not tackle him. It was horrendous. <laughs> <laughs> that That's going to be the word of the day, I think, is, is absolutely horrendous, terrible. So we're going to, yet again, as we <laughs> always do, we're going to try and add some optimism to it, but also just some realistic takes. Because even when we lost to the Rams, there's a lot of realistic takes. And once you know the next week, then they were able to capitalize. So just like the Packers, after they got wrecked, we now have the Lions uh, the following week. So hopefully we'll be able to kind of rebound with that Lions team. But before we get into our recap, specifically in the defense and then over to the offense, then special teams, and then just uh, closing things off, we're going to go through some injuries. So. Iggy, uh, Joel Yebunyewe, our backup inside linebacker, had a hamstring strain and was not able to finish the game. But also, as we saw, Khalil Mack had just a mild foot strain, but was able to come back and finish the game. We did see Akeem Hicks get a little bit banged up. And also, something that I didn't know until the end of the game, it looks like Justin Fields injured his throwing hand sometime during the game. We'll obviously keep you guys uh, posted, so we'll be posting that out on Twitter as we know more about what's going on with Justin Fields. So I, I wonder how he could have gotten injured. I mean, getting yeah. sacked like eight times, eight or nine. I mean, how yeah. how does that happen? You he know, never I got wonder. Hit. <laughs> <laughs> 
I wonder how that happened. That's what happens when your quarterback is constantly getting destroyed. I felt bad for him. Yeah. Like it was. Oh, I did. It was just terrible. Like it, it just had, literally seemed like two, you couldn't do anything. He had a two minute. It was only two minutes. Usually his like press conferences are like, you know, eight, 10, you know, 12. His was only like two and a half minutes. And like, he just looked so depressed. And he was saying how he's like, yeah, I, I don't ever want to have to go through this experience ever again. Yeah. And it was just like, he's like, he's like, yeah, I'm getting chills right now talking about it. Cause like, he's like, I'm never, I, I, that was his like motivation. He's like, I never want to feel like this ever again. Yeah. And it's like, I, I hope, I hope that's never happens. Cause it's literally, I don't think that could ever happen again. That was probably the worst offensive games I've ever seen. Well, like for those <laughs> that saw the, the press conferences, Nagy credit to him took, took blame. He took blame for this. And normally he's like, well, we should have gotten something going. We should have done this. We could have done that. We really were trying to hope for this. Our defense played a great game. It was still our defense played a great game, but he really kind of took more fault, which you like to see. It's like, yeah, I'm angry at you, but I'm, I'm glad you're taking fault, <laughs> but yeah, but dude, come on. That, that <laughs> really crappy game plan. And you did nothing about it. And we just got our butts whooped. It was, it was embarrassing, but we're going to start out on the, on a positive note. I mean, I guess, I mean, we did (laughs) give up 200 rushing yards, but the most positive. note. Yeah. (laughs) So we're going to go into this bears defense um, and just kind of analyze this Blake, just overall, how do you feel? How, how do you feel about this defense? We are recording this day of right after the game. How do you feel? What's your gut feeling? I I am generally like happy with how the defense played. Besides like the fourth quarter, you could just tell like, I mean, who wouldn't be like, you know, not motivated to play, just being like playing more sloppy, not tackling well. But like they only gave up like 10 points for this entire, the first half. And for like the field position, they, they stopped like three fourth downs tries and they were like both sacks. Yeah. And like, you know, from that, it's like the offense do something. But like, I, I loved all the pressures we had. We had so many pressures for facing, you know, even the oh, announcement, yeah. one of the best offensive lines in the entire NFL. Yeah. And our guys were just, I think we almost had like, how many, like 16, 12, 14. Yeah. I'll, I'll, let, I'll let you count those up while you get ready for the passing. <laughs> uh, but yeah, yeah. It, it was just, it was phenomenal. Like seriously, all the pressures were outstanding and, and really I, I don't like to just kind of crucify them for the end of the game. Now I know that these are points that they gave up, but if you are constantly doing your job against one of the better offenses in the league and your offense is not doing anything, and they're doing constant three and outs like this. This defense looks so good. And we tweeted about this. Sean Desai has all sorts of different schemes that he's doing. He's switching up the line. It's like, where was this week one? I love what he's doing. He's constantly tricking the the opposing offense. If we just had an offense, I think this is a different story because then your defense, your your stars with Akeem Hicks and Khalil Mack, 
there's not all this pressure put on them. They're actually able to catch their breath rather than being on the sidelines for a minute. <laughs> so I think this is a different story. If the offense is able to at least, you know, maybe go get a first down or <laughs> something like yeah. that and not have them have all this momentum because they just keep getting their butts whooped. So, but that's, so let's actually get straight into this. Cause I know that we were talking about this. We're excited about this. Blake, you have this passing defense. How do you think that this passing defense kind of fared? Uh, I, I, I generally think they, they did pretty well. Um, you know, they only let a few, like Odell did have like a breakout game. He still was like under a hundred yards, I believe. Um, Jalen Johnson still just looking amazing out there. There was that one catch he let up to Odell um, on the sideline, but also that was just an amazing route by him. So you can't complain. Uh, he almost had to pick two on Odell. Yeah. Um, so another Ildor, like he looked pretty good too. Duke Shelley was looking pretty aggressive out there. There were still like times where I almost wish they were. And I don't know if this was just the players or more of the scheme that they're just running on defense. I wish they almost were pressing more on the pass coverage yeah. end of things. Yep. Cause I feel like they went so many underneath routes where it's like, they would just like basically just do a screen pass or just one of those end routes to cream hunt or like, like a tight end or something. And they would just like do that. And they'd get like 10 yards or like an easy, like eight yards from that. And it's like, I wish they were kind of pressing a little bit more. And like, because our offensive line, I mean, our defensive line, we're like getting those pressures. And like, when you get those pressures, I mean, you notice with our offense, when you get pressures like that, the quarterback is just looking to the rescue route, you know, they're just looking to the side, like looking to the running backs, the tight ends. Oh yeah. So if we like, kind of match that with like press coverage and having those amazing pass rushes. I feel like we, we would have generated so many more turnovers, not bashing on the side, but like, yeah, I, that's something I still like, and it's, you know, it kind of works in Madden a little bit more maybe, but like, <laughs> I feel like that's how it works. Like I just, from watching football and my experiences, like, it's just like, it, I feel like it works so perfectly, but yeah, I, yeah I, I don't know what your take is on all that. No, I, I feel you with that because on our offensive side, when the Bears were on offense, it seemed like everybody was up close and everybody was five steps in. And then ours, it's like there's all this empty space. They are like letting the, those checkdowns, which is a bold game plan because as we saw, when you pass it over to Kareem Hunt, he's able to then make space and make room because they're really good running backs. <laughs> but it, yeah. it did do decent. There wasn't, and let me just double check. It didn't seem like there was really long plays. I know that the that the Browns, even though that they're somewhat conservative, they're still able to get those huge plays. But yeah, like I, I get, I get that. But I do, it, it's it's hard to kind of tell with just how they weren't able to really get a good breather. But I do agree, Jalen Johnson is yeah. looking phenomenal. And Duke Shelley, I think, had a better game. I mean, I still want to rewatch the, the game, watch the tape. But Jalen, like, they, they were playing good. I want to see what Vil, how Vildor actually played 
because I saw a lot of people on Twitter just roasting him, saying that he let up a touchdown oh. to his gra- to someone's grandma, and there's all this like trash trashing <laughs> Kendall Vildor. So I just want to be able to watch and see was he actually that bad, or was from a sports fan we just see a catch given up and we just say, "Oh, that guy stinks." So yeah, I I, I was surprised to see. I feel like Dion Bush like played pretty decent at least on like the pass coverage side of things yeah. like he had like the first breakup in the uh i think it was the first uh attempted pass by the browns yeah. and he almost picked it um and yeah it seemed like he was kind of ball hawking like that all game i didn't yeah again i don't think we were we we don't get to be able to see that full reaction just because we haven't watched game back yeah. we didn't see like him focus him on the run and any of that but i feel like he he He's a he was a solid backup for us, and uh, I, I feel like he he I think he was the number one at uh, tackles for us too. I think he only had five, but still he was number one at that end. Yeah, he had he had five solo tackles, which uh, tied Roquan Smith according to ESPN because tackles can be just crazy. <laughs> you know, yeah. you never know with tackles. Um, but yeah, anything else about just this passing defense? we talked about it before. I mean, the pass rushing is just looked out of this world today. Like, yeah. I don't think we, any of us expected them to play like this against such a good offensive yeah. line. I know we were saying like, there's no way they get as many sacks as they did against the Bengals. And I they, they did better. Yeah, so, six sacks later. Um, <laughs> yeah. Six sacks later. And I counted 18 pressures. Jesus. Um, That's insane. That's so, nuts. And, that that's yeah. incredible. And and I'm looking at the uh, the pro football focus like pass rushing snaps. They have pass rushing snaps, total pressures, and sacks that each player got. And Marcus Hunt, most efficient guy out there, <laughs> passing rushing pass rushing snaps one, and total pressures one. Hundred percent. Uh, there you go. Way to go, Marcus. Hundred percent. Yeah. <laughs> but I think. Mario Edwards, I, we, we talked yes. to him pre-show. Literally, he's a dog out yeah. there. He had, what was it, two pressures, two pressures and two sacks? Two pressures and one, one sack. sack. When you're always rushing out the door in the morning but still want to make every breakfast count, try Blue Apron's new ready-to-cook meals that offer your favorite fresh quality ingredients ready in minutes. With 60-plus options each week, you can choose from an ever-changing mix of high-quality meat, fish, vegetarian, WW-recommended, and wellness offerings. Order now and get $110 off across your first five orders when you visit blueapron.com unique. Some people were made to follow the instructions. We were made to make our own. To always measure twice and never cut corners. Unless, of course, we've got a compound miter saw. Northern Tool and Equipment is a problem solver's paradise. There's nothing we can't find, fix, or figure out together. We're made for this. Start solving your projects today at northerntool.com. This is the smell of the leftover tuna fish sandwich you left in your lunchbox over the weekend in a wimpy trash bag. Wimpy, wimpy, wimpy! Blech! And this is the smell of that same sandwich in a hefty, ultra-strong trash bag. Hefty, hefty, hefty! Ah, <sighs> smell the difference? Hefty Ultra Strong has Arm & Hammer with continuous odor control, so no matter what's inside your trash... 
Hmm. You can stay one step ahead of Stinky. And for bigger jobs, try the superior strength of hefty large black bags. In in seven pass rushing snaps. Like, he, I, I don't know why he only gets seven snaps. Like, Ball Nichols got 34, and he only had one, like, total pressure. And yet again, maybe it is that, like, running scheme they had, like, run defense scheme, but still, like, Mario Edwards is just yeah, just playing out of his mind, and I don't know why they're not playing. And we brought that up pre-show. Like, Mario Edwards was someone that didn't get a lot of hype, honestly, going into this game, but we were saying this, like, we need that pass rush in the interior. Bilal Nichols does not bring that on this. According according to PFF, 34 pass rush snaps, only one pressure for Bilal Nichols. And then you have Mario Edwards, seven pass rush snaps for two pressures and a sack. Now, yes, a lot of times that Mario Edwards is in, you know it's a pass rush situation. He's more of a pass rush type of guy, while Bilal Nichols is in on pretty much every single play. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. But still, like that, against this type of offensive line, most likely going against uh, Betonio, one of the best guards in the league, and doing what he did. Also, I see he had a tackle for a loss. Just an incredible game. His first game back. So obviously this line isn't even full health because Eddie Goldman likes to sit on his butt and not, not play a game. <laughs> um, but, but still like I'm even seeing Travis Gibson, our boy, Travis Gibson, yeah. eight pass rush snaps and two pressures. Like that's, yeah. you love to see it. And I think that's just like what the coolest thing to see was, was just going against one of these lines and with a full health line with, more more experience with the Sean Desai system, just domination, it, it, domination mm-hmm. on the this defensive front. Yeah, I the only like some person I've been disappointed. I think Ball Nichols, I've been kind of disappointed That's this season. Been too. But also Keem Hicks, I've been kind of disappointed too. He also only had one total pressure, and I feel like I did not see him the entire game get a tackle or. I, maybe he's just taking on two blockers and you know, that's just kind of the behind the scenes plays. You don't really yeah. see on the TV, but like, I don't know. Like he's been kind of just looking, I don't know. Not himself. I saw, him, I saw him a bit more, but I do agree because part of his, part of what made Akeem Hicks, Akeem Hicks is his pass rush ability. And oh, for sure. And I think that's what like separated him is that he's this, um, 500 million pound man that's able to move the quickness that he's able to uh he's he's that quick and that agile and here he was just um 
it, it, I don't think that he had a bad game. I did see him split a lot. But what I also saw, too, was they moved him into nose tackle a couple times. And he's one of those guys that, similar to Robert Quinn, always only plays on one side. So it was a little interesting to see how he had to kind of flex into different roles. But also, I love the five-man box, the five-man fronts that Desai was pushing out there. Robert Quinn, my God, have a game. Like, he just always beat his guy. And, yeah, 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 give him claps. Like, seriously, Robert Quinn beating his guy, just dominate. Also, even in the pass snaps, when he was in coverage, he, I mean, he looked awkward. But he was covering his guy. Like, <laughs> he looked like he was just kind of panicking. Like, is there a dude behind me? And uh, but still, he was like covering people. He was doing a good job. He seemed to be a leader out there too. When Khalil Mack went down, because after all the leaders on defense were out, he seemed like he was there. Like, dude, we got to keep. We we, we got to start dominating. We got to keep this going. And he yeah. he was awesome. Like seriously, yeah, I, that was so nice to see. I, he is definitely refreshing to watch after yes. last season. Like, heck, he's he's past his, you know, sack total that he had last year. I think he probably has four sacks in the season now, and it's just like, and he's, you know, we, I think we expected this out of him, though. Like, he, yeah. he had such a bad season last year, and being such, like, a pro, you're like, okay, he's got to, like, redeem himself. And it's good seeing that he's just not, you know, just super old now and can't play football and not, you know, he's, he's got his niche back. So he, he seems good. like he's just vibing with the team more because before he yeah. just seemed like he, he, he seemed like scared. He seemed like he didn't like want to fit in. He was this like high price guy coming in and he's not Khalil Mack. He didn't seem close to his teammates. I mean, I don't know if he actually was or not. That's uh, but right now, he just seems like he's part of the guy. Like he's part of the guys. He's one of the leaders out there. He's one of the veterans that people respect, and and he's playing like it. Like just see, he's playing with fire. He's playing like he actually wants to be there. He wants to make the tackles. He wants to make the plays. So you'll love to see it. He, he, like you, you <laughs> really do. But my last, my last little piece, I just want to throw out here because. I feel like I'm the Roquan, like I'm a Roquan Smith hater when I'm really not. And I think like you and I were talking about this because we we were finally able to watch a game together that, or it might've been when we went golfing, but how he seems to be a very Roquan Smith is an underrated linebacker across the league Mm -hmm. where basically he does not get enough credit that he deserves. But personally, I think he's slightly overrated in the eyes of bears fans where we, we treat him like the next great, great linebacker for the bears that he, or he is already the next great linebacker. But mm-hmm. I think that today was one of those where he shows those. I thought that in the run in run defense, he looked great. just on, on oh, first yeah. glance, I thought that he looked really great covering the run. I think that he was um, doing great things, but then I'm looking at this stat that in in past coverage, Roquan Smith was kind of picked on. Uh, he was targeted mm-hmm. eight times, gave up five completions. Three of those were for first downs. Those are key things that he needs to stop. And that's where you, you kind of just want your your leader. And if he truly is this next great linebacker, you want to see him make those plays. Obviously, he's not going to be perfect. 
He's not going to let up 0% completions. Um, but when, when he can kind of get picked on a little bit in pass coverage, that's where I just, I, I it, it's hard for me to kind of crown Roquan Smith. I want to, and I think he's great. I think he's underrated. I still think he's a really good football player. And I just want to put that out there. It's just, I don't think that he's, he, he needs game in and game out to be performing elite in order to have that. Yeah, status. He, he seems like he doesn't like play the ball very well. Like we yeah. were talking about it. I think week one, where it's just like, they'll like, in, we saw it in this game, like they'll just throw those underneath routes to him, like where his zone should be. And he'll like let them and then like just tackle them. And like, they'll basically like five yards, eight yards or something. Yeah. And it's one of those things. It's like, if they're in your zone, like, why don't you like, if you're up there, like push them a little bit, like give them some contact. Like you're a big guy. Yeah. Like if it's a running back, like give them some contact and all that stuff, like be up in their face and like disrupt the pass a little bit before it even like comes sometimes. It's like, I don't know why he's, I think he's just, the defense is playing so back and it's like, we saw the Browns and they were playing so aggressive with our guys. And it's like, yeah. That's why we weren't able to throw those short balls to anyone. And I, and when we did see Smith play aggressive, he got that pick six. Yeah. So I, I want him to do that more because he's got that speed where he can do those aggressive plays. Like, it's not like he's going to be, it's going to be too costly for him because he's not slow. So yeah, I, 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 I completely agree with your take. Like I, as a Bears fan, I think he's overhyped. He's, everyone's always like, oh, he's so underrated. Yeah. And then, you know, yeah, and in, in public, he definitely is. I don't think anyone's talking to him, yeah. t- no, talking about nobody him. Nobody gives the, him any hype. Like, yeah, and ESPN, no one's saying, like, in any platform like that. And then, but. He had yeah, a phenomenal I, statistical well, season last year, and, like, nobody, nobody mentioned it. Like, <laughs> yeah. and. And that's where, to me, it's, are you London Fletcher or are you Levante David? What Like, he's a good linebacker that we want to have on this team, no matter what. But are you going to be Levante David, where he is a potential Hall of Famer and also a very underrated linebacker for his entire career, has been phenomenal, just has that speed. Is, is he able to get those instincts? Like, that interception, to me, felt very non-Roquan, because... I it's those instincts, those um that I I just I want to see more of. And yeah, like I always feel bad saying this because it's it's like eating eating good food and be like, this is really great, but it could be better. Like <laughs> spoiled rotten, like yeah. we have a really great linebacker. He needs to be better. Why? Because this is Chicago. And we had Brian Lacker, <laughs> and we had Dick Butkus, and we had uh, Mike Singletary. And if he needs this, he needs to take it up a notch. But speaking of middle linebackers, yeah. though, I do believe that the first week that Dan Trevathan can come back is next week. So hopefully he can yeah. because this Alec Ogletree experiment is showing why he's not a starting linebacker in this league. He's not looking great. He's missing some tackles. He's taking out people holding the little sticks, uh, <laughs> blooding them up. He's uh, so, so yeah, we'll, we'll see what we're able to do. We'll see what Danny, if Danny Trevathan is going to be able to come back, but I want to switch over to this running defense. Now I'm in charge of this running defense and 
this is this is just difficult because I'm looking at this and Nick Chubb, three point eight rushing yards average. That's incredible for for us to only hold Nick freaking Chubb to three point eight rushing yards a carry. That's amazing. But then Kareem Hunt averaging eight point one. That's not good. <laughs> I mean, he did have a twenty nine yard carry, but still that that's where you start to kind of like lose me with, with this. I do think that a lot of those were kind of later on, but I'm personally thinking about this from the first half. I, it, it might be a little bit biased. It might be very optimistic of me to only think about when we were doing really well, but that's what I'm taking away from this is that this defense was still very good. This is where Roquan Smith was making a lot of plays. We were making like there's a lot of great tackles that we were making and really locking down this defense and I, or this offense. And I also, like I mentioned before, I love the kind of five man fronts. We're able to kind of stretch with that offense and it really does work because we're able to get some pressure. We're able to kind of meet up up front. Um, but overall, that's just kind of, my feeling is when they started giving up those rushing yards, it just really felt like they kind of checked out it. And <laughs> that sounds very homery of me to say that, Oh, we just weren't trying at that time. That's why they were getting yards <laughs> totally. But, but for real, yeah. it just, it just felt like when they were giving up those yards, I really want to look back at the tape and I want to look back at the yards too, because it seemed like all those rushing yards were really towards the second half where it was just constant beatdowns, constant feeling of like, we're not going to win this game. We're, we're trying our best, but that's where for me, I was somewhat impressed um, at least from the start. And I just think that, I just think that this run defense is, is for real is, is all. Yeah. I, I, I agree with that. I, I, they, yeah, they just look so tired. Like I just can't imagine playing defense like that and would be getting like a minute, two minute break. <laughs> like within two minutes, you're like, Oh, put your helmets back on, guys. We're going back out there. Yeah. Like we <laughs> we did nothing on offense. Go back out there. Because yeah. yeah, like I'm looking at the possessions that we had. Uh our first one is two forty six. Second one, two, 215, 218, 243, uh, one minute, 146, four minutes. Wow. Wow. And a Good minute, job. minute, minute. What's it called? The timeout. 40, 40, it was, yeah, it was when we got that, uh, that field goal. We had, uh, 27 oh, yeah. yards of offense. So we were driving down the field. Jeez. Um, it was looking good. And then, yeah, we ended the game with a 40 second, 47 seconds of total time used. So yeah, like getting that many. And then, you know, on the other end, like the Browns have like four minutes and like they're resting their defense a lot more than us. And yeah. it's just, it was just a shit. So and and, 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 and at, at home too. I mean, when, when you're at your building and you're dominating the way that they were dominating the, the crowd's, got your back and the crowds pumped the crowds going crazy. Cleveland has a great fan base. They have a great stadium. It's loud. So when that's happening, yeah, you aren't going to win <laughs> when you allow them yeah. to dominate that much. You're not going to win. 
So, Blake, we're going to bring back a new segment. So, uh, we're going to bring back an old segment that we did for week one because we're a little <laughs> bit late on it on the episode. Today, we are doing the same day. <laughs> but because we lost, I have steaming hot headlines. I have not told you what I jotted down as the steaming hot headlines. So, just so everybody knows, I just was going around Twitter, seeing what random people were saying, and also uh, at, at Unbearable Sport. But I was just seeing what people were saying and also creating some based on what people said. So, Blake, I'm going to let you know what these hot takes, these headlines that I saw out there were. And you tell me, is there some truth to it? Is it 100% true? Is it just fake and we're just being emotional? So to start this off with this, the first steaming hot take, <clears throat> Quinn. So Robert Quinn is now worth his contract. Yeah, he definitely is. You think so? I think, what was it? Yeah, what is he getting? It's like 15, 12, 12 million. Yeah, I want to say it's about like 15 or 12 million a year. So, yeah, when you think about like when when Cool Mac was out of the game, like Robert Quinn was like that next man up. Like when Cool Mac was out, they were double teaming Robert Quinn. And he's he's shown it like with stats and, you know, just his film. Like he's really you're talking about both ends of the field. He's playing that pass coverage when he does and doing a halfway decent job at it. And then he's pass rushing like amazing. Like our edges are looking so good out there and they're usually coming to the quarterback right at the same time. So like, I I think he's, he's definitely played for it. And like, I think that last year, does it make up for it? Maybe not, but I think that the way that yeah. he's been playing right now, he's got, I think four sacks on the year, according to ESPN, because he had two and a half going into this game. He's got one and a half or two, according to PFF. Like he's doing a phenomenal job and he's, he's worth the money. The only thing that I get concerned about when I think about the actual signing, I still don't love giving all this guaranteed money to a speed rusher. That was 30 years old. That's my only thing is that he wins off the jump and it, with him getting older, he's probably going to lose a step. And that first step is his only move. So, so because of that, like it, it makes me a little uneasy, but that's, that's why we have these hot takes. And that's why we're going to be speaking some truth uh, for people, but also flipping over to the next one. Dion Bush should start over uh, to Sean Gibson. <sighs> This is something I made. I like, I I like this one. I like, I like this. I made this up. No one said this online. I wanted to, um, it's not what I personally feel. I just wanted to put you on the spot with difficult questions. (laughs) Like, like, obviously I think, uh, to Sean Gibson, I almost said Travis Gibson, um, to Sean Gibson, definitely better in the run. Like he's a tackler. Like he's that big, like strong safety. Yeah that you just picture just hitting guys and stuff. But Deion Bush, like, he, he – I, it's nice having, like, a faster guy out there. Like, that's, you know, running around with Eddie Jackson. Like, Deshaun Gibson is that slow, just – I don't know. Like, I feel like Eddie Jackson always likes playing in that box or he kind of comes down a lot. And when you have one safety back and it's Deshaun Gibson – 
I, I'm not a fan of it just because he is so slow. Like, I'd rather almost have Deion Bush back there because he is faster. Yeah. And... Hear that? That's the sound of a patient whose health data is protected from a cyber attack. And that, that's the sound of a financial system that's digitally secured from bad actors. Right now, there's an invisible war being fought on a digital battlefield that impacts what we do every day. That's why at Paraton, we do the can't be done to help protect the vital systems we rely on. Because if we don't, the alternative is unimaginable. Paraton. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary, void, or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. Hear that? That's the sound of a patient whose health data is protected from a cyber attack. And that, that's the sound of a financial system that's digitally secured from bad actors. Right now, there's an invisible war being fought on a digital battlefield that impacts what we do every day. That's why at Paraton, we do the can't be done to help protect the vital systems we rely on. Because if we don't, the alternative is unimaginable. Paraton. And it's not like he's, I don't know if he's better, but I don't know. Like, I, <laughs> I like this guy because yeah. I've actually been right? thinking about this a little bit. And yeah, like, honestly, like, Deion Bush, I like how he fits our scheme a little bit better, to be honest, because he complements Eddie Jackson better. Yeah, Deion Bush, too, I think that part of this, when I was thinking about this question, Deion Bush, to me, is someone who's not going to give you a high ceiling. He just seems like he's going to give you mediocre play, like average play. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day, lo. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Which is solid and what you want. And then Tashawn Gibson is someone who can be amazing or kind of poor. Because I think that he can. he's capable of getting a lot of interceptions, making some of those bigger plays. Bush is someone, I remember when he had to fill in for Eddie Jackson in the 2018 playoffs, where he just kind of wasn't that playmaker uh that that you wanted to see out there so yeah so i guess final answer if you had to start gibson or bush are you going with the starter <laughs> or fully I'm, healthy fully healthy blake i'm gonna i i've gotta go gibson okay. i mean like yeah i'm not i'm not out of my mind like i think 
Dion Bush would like have to do something special to be like, okay, like he deserves a starting spot. But yeah. And, yeah. and last hot take, cause I got three hot takes going on here. This is something I saw a lot. I already mentioned it before during this show. Kindle Vildor equals trash. Is that you buying it? Is no. there some truth to it? Is there, I'm not buying it. I think he's still like, you know, you see his like highlight, like he, he had that amazing knockdown uh, last week where it was like fourth and four. It was like I, I'm like Tyler Boyd, Boyd, I believe. And he just like, you know, it was one-on-one, broke up the pass. Perfect defense. But, yeah, I th- I do agree. He's still like, obviously not Jalen Johnson level, but like he's got some work to do. And I, I honestly think he knows how to work through his problems because like, what was he? We drafted him like two, three years ago, maybe. Uh, two, this is um, his second year. His second year. And I'm pretty sure he was on the practice practice squad. No, nah, he he was on starting. Was I don't think he, he was just, on the I just know he squad. didn't play. I just, we just like never played him. Yeah, we just never played him. So basically, he was on the practice squad. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> pretty, pretty yeah, basically, I mean, we didn't see anything from him. And then he works his way up to the starter role. Yeah, and was it was it kind of forced? Kind of, you know, it, it, you know, getting rid of Kyle Four and you know, Principal Kamara throughout the year. So it's, it was kind of forced, but also it's like he's he's facing against these other guys and he, like, earned the job. So I don't think he's trash. Nickel spot, if you put Marky Christian, yeah, that's trash. That's the definition <laughs> yeah. of trash right that's there. A, exactly. That's the definition of trash. I, I do like what Fildor is bringing, <laughs> and I like that we're able to see him more. And I, I think that he's got a – I think he's got a good future ahead of him, it, it, for sure. I think that he – he can start to learn. Obviously we haven't watched the film. Uh, this is just first take. And I think that a lot of times, especially with corners, it can be difficult because, and now I'm going to seem like I just hate every single good player that's ever been on the bears, but Kyle Fuller, cause I know when <laughs> we were on the same podcast, I brought this up that Fildor was playing as good as Kyle Fuller. It's not say, at, like this year. Like it's not saying that I think that he's, better than prime Kyle Fuller because Kyle prime Kyle Fuller was amazing, but just Kyle Fuller's yeah. not been having a great year this year. I don't know about today. I I didn't watch that game, but just both of them were playing very, they've been playing just very meh. And, and I think that he, he definitely has a ways to go uh, to get a lot better. And he's has a lot of learning curves that he's, he's learning on the job, but I do think that he's, he's someone that I'm more optimistic on than like a Duke Shelley or these other players that we do have. So yeah, that's my overreactions. But like we said, this bears defense, look, we were able to put pressure on one of the best offensive lines out there and call us a Homer and we can have our bear goggles on, but it really did seem like this, this defense kind of gave up. They were gassed towards the end. So that's something that this offense just needs to get better. And that's our next segment. But before we go to this next segment, I do just want to say if we do sound different, we're trying a new podcast platform. We're also doing this on video. So you're going to see some videos of us. So that's why we wanted to kind of change things up. So if it does sound different, 
like doing faces. <laughs> you can see this on YouTube. We're going to be posting more on Instagram. So look up Unbearable Sports. You want to see us all out there. We'll be posting out some of these clips. You get to see Blake's beautiful mug. Um, you get to see that I'm actually drinking some <laughs> beer because we lost. So that's uh, what you do when you lose. That's also what you do when you win. You can see Blake's awesome uh, house room and you get to see my padded walls. So <laughs> all things that he has those, he has those walls around his entire, like inside of his house. Yeah, exactly. Just complete. That's just it. Yeah, exactly. You, you have to be crazy to be a bears fan. So that's why I have these padded walls. People on the podcast, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's just soundproof foam, uh, but you can look us up at unbearable sports uh, to kind of continue that going. But, Blake, do we really have to cover this offense? <laughs> uh, yeah, we can skip yeah, it. Can we just I, skip honestly, it we, we can skip teams? it. Like, yeah, uh, but no, we do. Yeah, have we to- do. We talked like forty. We talked like forty minutes about the defense. I imagine we'll probably talk like <laughs> ten minutes about the yeah, offense. Like, I, I, we can just go yeah. real quick. We can just go real quick. <laughs> so we do have to talk about this offense, and I'm not even going to do overall feelings. We know how we feel, and it's crappy. It's the same thing that we feel. As a Bears fan, I uh, my my one year old son was running around and I said, I'm sorry that I'm raising you as a Bears fan uh, because this is what happens. This is what happens to us. We we uh, just did not look good. And and to start things off, I have this passing game and that's where I'm glad Nagy took fault for, for what it's worth. I'm glad that he took some fault and took some blame because this was gross. This was just disgusting. This offensive line, we talked about it a little bit. Now, one of the biggest issues was this speed of the Browns defense. And like we said during the show as well, this is a defense that really didn't put things together until today, (laughs) only allowing one yard passing and 46 yards rushing. They just really came to play. And that speed was something we were worried about because like a Fetty, Something that he really struggles with speed. What does Jadavion Clowney have speed? Then uh, on the flip side, you have miles Garrett and Garrett. What does he have? A lot of speed. We saw that. And we talked about this too pre-show that we thought that he was going to be able to chase down Justin Fields. And what do you know? Justin Fields trying to escape chases him down. That's the problem you have when you have a team this fast. I think that first off the matchups that the Cleveland Browns had, This was a very difficult matchup for us, but I also think that the scheme was absolutely terrible. It seemed like Matt Nagy was caught with his pants down and he had no idea what he was doing out there because there was only two seconds until Justin Fields could get rid of the ball. So what are you supposed to do? You, you, I'm kind of glad that he got away from some of the play action, but at the same time too, David Montgomery only had 10, 10 carries. I mean, for 3.4 yards, there was nothing that we could get going. And the thing that also bugged me too, was you saw it with the Cleveland Browns that they did this. When people are bringing the house, when people are aggressive, when the, when a defense is overly aggressive, how you counteract that is by throwing in a screen, not a wide receiver screen. I mean, you could, but Matt Nagy don't, those wide receiver screens don't work for us, but for everyone else it does. (laughs) But, (laughs) <laughs> we didn't see a running back screen until the end of the game where they just threw a running back screen to David Montgomery and he goes for 11 yards. Like 
that's what happens. You Montgomery is a beast. Just throw it to the outside. Give give them a chance so that they can at least do something. And I saw some bootlegs, and what I didn't understand was it seemed like a lot of the bootlegs, they're going to Jason Peters' side. And when we're going out to that side, he's a right-handed quarterback. So if he needs to make a throw, Fields has to make either an acrobatic throw or for the people that can see me on video, he has to, because he's running this way, he has to turn around and then throw the ball. It becomes very, very difficult. And it seemed like they always rolled out to the left rather than the right. And Olin Krutz said this on Twitter, move the pocket. What they just seemed to be doing was they just seemed like they they set the offensive line in stone and they said, you're staying here. And that's what we're doing. I understand Jason Peters is not mobile at his age, but you can at least move that right-hand side. And this, to me, was just one of those days where the interior of this line, who we thought we were very confident in, has shown yet again this year they have not been playing well together. These tackles that have been playing well the past two games were wrecked because of the matchups and just completely obliterated. And this is a terrible game. You saw we saw Darnell Mooney not even wanting to look at anybody on the bench. This was a terrible game. And Justin Fields, the thing that I the the critique that I do have to throw out there, I mean, is that one of my biggest fears was that he holds on to the ball too long. And I felt that that was one of the big things. He was holding on to the ball too long. It takes him a little too long to read through his progressions. And that's why when he has constant pressure, it's very difficult. But later on in the game, I saw him speeding up. I saw him not getting comfortable in a good way, being like, I have to start making these plays. I have to start going quicker. And that is something that's at least positive, is that it seems to be that he's learning from this, that he's gaining this experience, that this is the NFL. You can't just run away like you were able to in preseason and other games, you're going to go against people that are amazing athletes. You're going to be getting pressured. So that's, I realize I've been ranting for about 12 minutes and I apologize, Blake. Uh, I love <laughs> I'm it. I'm going to sit back and have a sip of my beer. What do you think of my 12 minute <laughs> rant? <laughs> so yeah, no, let me think about what you said. So yeah, first off guys, you know, check out the YouTube. So you could have see Brad doing his just, you know, his little arm movements and stuff <laughs> and just, you know, gestures. all his hands, all his hand <laughs> gestures because it makes it a lot more exciting, you know, for me. I, I, I feel like I'm, you know, he's yelling at me or something. But, <laughs> but um, yeah, like with that Justin Fields thing, I, I'm, I, it, we're trying to think of those positives. And I do think him playing against this Browns. It's not like a wake-up call, I would say, because, like, I think he already knows he's in the NFL. But it's, like, it really shows, like, he has to work more. And I think, you know, like, we were talking about it, like, oh, it'd be perfect for Justin Fields to start against, like, the Lions or, like, a team that's not that very good. Like, give his confidence up. I honestly think this might be a better game for him to actually play and just lose horrendously. Yeah. It honestly might be better for him. Cause I think it does give him that, like, like what he said in his press conference, like shit, like I like, shoot, I, I'm not going to like lose like this ever again. Yeah. 
Like, this is not who I am. I hate this feeling. It's not what I want to do for my entire career. I want to play football. I want to play winning football, all that. And it's like, yeah. And <laughs> second thing, what was another second thing? It, Matt Nagy. Yeah. Matt Nagy. Yes. Horrendous. Give the play calling, obviously, to Bill Lazor. He hasn't done that since like last year. And I'm pretty sure they had a decent offense or at least like they might not have. And, you know, just give him the play calling. Like I bet Bill Lazor is up there in the, we're talking about Sean, Sean Desai. He's up there. He can see the whole defense. He can see the whole like offense of the other team. He can really game plan what he wants to do. See what coverages are going to work against their offense. Yeah. And I honestly think that's a huge advantage for an offensive coordinator and defensive coordinator seeing, you know, the 22 personnel out there, like, especially for offense. Like I honestly, like for defensive works, I think offense, especially just because it's like, you see how close they're playing their safeties, how close they're playing their defense. And it's like, okay, now we can take a shot deep. Now we can run a screen or now we can do something like that. And like, yeah, that's where I, First of all, Matt Nagy sucks at play calling, but I think that helps even if Bill Lazor's the same level as play calling. I think, like, playing up there helps so much. And, I, yeah. Exactly. And There's my two-minute right? Yeah. <laughs> Three-minute <laughs> well, better than mine. Uh, but I want to <laughs> go back to – so Blake and I, we were on the same podcast. So S period, A period, N period, E period podcast. Uh, look it up. Just an awesome podcast that our friend Andrew does over there. And we're talking bears with him. And he brought up a really good point that, that I've been thinking about is how Matt Nagy is a great CEO. He's great at like kind of running the team. He gets everybody fired up. They're all ready to play. And we talked about this on his pod that they play winning football with Matt Nagy. I mean, 500, but they do have a winning record. They win games. Winning is hard in this league. And this really does feel like he really should give this up to his offense, uh, offensive coordinator, to Bill Lazor, because it just doesn't seem to be working. It, it, it really does. This is one game. I mean, I think that he can go into Detroit, and if it still doesn't work, he needs to try something else because he makes that he helps the team win. He really does the atmosphere that he brings. It's a winning culture. We do win games, but we win games. Despite having a crappy offense, we win games where we're like, this team has not been playing that well, but how are we winning games? We're just winning because, because of that energy, because of this team. And that's why I think that just give it up. Just or try next week. If you fail, you you've gotten the keys to a very talented quarterback. He can make all the throws. He can run. He can rally the team. And you just took this toy and you ran it right into the ground. We gave you we gave you a shotgun and you just shot your foot. <laughs> like you aren't you aren't mature enough to handle this handle this weapon in your offense. So because of that we're going to give it to Bill Lazor. Um, so <laughs> if he still can't guy, give it up. But Blake, I think that we need to just put, we just need to close this book on. Oh, I have yeah, one more good thing on you, you him. Do I it. You can definitely do it. I'm done. Okay. But yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. 
like my thing with Matt Nagy, and I do think we could win, you know, since he, we could have won by more. Yeah. Uh, Rams, we could have been closer. You know, this game, we could have won, to be honest. I don't, I could, I think we could have won if we actually had offense. Matt Nagy, he said, like, he's just not good at adjusting. Yeah. Like, I think he comes with an initial game plan. And I think that's maybe why we see, like, them scoring every first, first drive. Yeah. Really They'll score true. every first drive. They've done it every. They've done it every single time, and I think he just sucks at adjusting. Like it, it just, I don't know, and I don't know how he needs to fix that. Like you just have to be like, okay, this isn't working. Now let's go to you know, yeah, if the corners are playing close, let's try to shot deep, try to push them back a little bit. If their pass rush is really aggressive, let's do a screen pass. Uh, yeah. You know, just like simple things where you're like, okay, if they're doing this, let's do the thing that counteracts that. That's like classic football. And that's the thing I think that he just doesn't understand as a basic play caller. And I feel all of us Bears fans, uh, since every Bears fan listens to this pod, uh, all allies of the pod, um, if he gives up play calling duties and we start winning games – we need to stop calling for his head because if we are winning games and we are making playoff runs and we're looking good and he's not the play caller and Bill Lazor is. And I just feel like it's, it's that you have the culture head coach, you have a play caller that can get this offense moving and you have a defensive coordinator that we love. He's, he's showing that he is someone that we, Nobody better pick him off because I'm going to be so pissed if we lose another good defensive coordinator because of this. <laughs> so, <laughs> so basically, yeah, we just have to see that. But Blake running, do you have anything? We didn't run it much. Anything from this run sh- uh, yeah. rushing attack? Nothing, nothing too crazy. I mean, yeah, Dave Montgomery, 10 carries, 34 yards. Uh, Justin Fields, three carries, 12 yards. Um, I think I wish I could have, we could have seen more read option plays. I I don't think they're as effective because of this, like the fast team we're talking about. Yeah. Cause they are so fast. Like it's like, even when we did options, I don't think they were as effective as like, you know, you normally think like take off 10, 20 yards or something. It was only, yeah, like four yards on average. Uh, Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Yeah, I, I, I don't know. I, I, it, it was not good. Like maybe we could have seen more rushing rushes out of them, but also like, I don't know. They, <laughs> it was hard to be like, okay, run it more. Yeah, because we were down and like they just had to generate some type of offense. And when they ran it, it so, seemed very it, John Foxy. You know, like yeah, you, you saw it, was it just coming. simple. Hear that. 
That's the sound of a patient whose health data is protected from a cyber attack. And that, that's the sound of a financial system that's digitally secured from bad actors. Right now, there's an invisible war being fought on a digital battlefield that impacts what we do every day. That's why at Paraton, we do the can't be done to help protect the vital systems we rely on. Because if we don't, the alternative is unimaginable. Paraton. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary, void, or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. Hear that? That's the sound of a patient whose health data is protected from a cyber attack. And that, that's the sound of a financial system that's digitally secured from bad actors. Right now, there's an invisible war being fought on a digital battlefield that impacts what we do every day. That's why at Paraton, we do the can't be done to help protect the vital systems we rely on. Because if we don't, the alternative is unimaginable. Paraton. Yeah. Yeah, the announcers were like, yeah, like stop running on first and ten. Like we know it's coming. Yeah. Like give us a different different look. And like and, oh yeah. And there was there was one play that sticks out to me when Justin Fields was running to the left, or it was a read option. You saw them kind of commit to the right side. So Justin Fields makes the right read and starts running to his left. So he's got this open space, but you literally see like uh, Jeremiah Wusu Koromoa, and I think it was Miles Garrett. They just stop in their tracks, they turn, and they get them. And that that's the problem when you have this just super freakishly athletic defense. When you have someone like JOK who can run, I think he ran like a 4-3 or like in the 4-4, four it's just outstanding speed. And Miles Garrett, a freak of nature, you're not going to be running away from him. He's not going to. You go against like any other team. It's just the Browns have those freaks, those those freakishly built guys on this defense, and that's why it just seemed like a bad matchup. But, but Blake, are you ready for the steaming hot takes? Yes. So we can finally put to bed this offensive game. But here are the takes that I was seeing, and also I don't think I really made up any of these. But first one. Fire Matt Nagy. Like, should we just fire Matt Nagy this week or next week? And, and yeah, you brought up a great point how it's like he is like he's a great manager. Like he brings people together. He brought the club dub atmosphere. Yeah. And like he's a great, yeah, he's a great CEO. He's great with people and bringing them together and like having a common goal, like all those leadership things he has. It's just like that football IQ. It's the football part. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. So I think if he plays his role as a head coach and not trying to be offensive coordinator, like if he's that manager that overlooks the defense and the offense and just like, all right, you guys are doing your job. Well, nice. Keep it up. Like, you know, like I think we should keep him. Yeah. If he's still just trying to be in charge of this offense and just run it right like straight to the ground, like fire him. Like yeah. if he's not able to realize 
and look in the mirror and be like, okay, like, like I'm just being selfish. Yeah. Yeah, it's me. I'm I'm being super selfish. Bill Lazer probably literally does nothing. Like he's probably like this guy is an idiot. Like, why is yeah. he running shit like this? Stuff like this. Um Yeah, I I that's my take. Like if he keeps being offense coordinator, fire him. If he just plays head coach and does that job and lets his other coaches be what they are supposed to be. Yeah. And, and keep them. Yeah, it's gonna be it's gonna be hard. And I, I don't think that you just fire him now, but the thing that I'm starting to see or it feels is you have this guy and we still don't have this offense. Cause I feel like the team can at least be like, okay, we get Trubisky throws to his first read. We get Foles is not mobile. So we'll throw you guys a bone, but here's this guy that can do it. And we're not doing anything. There's only one person to blame. And so if this team stops believing in them, because it looks like these wide receivers don't believe in them. You heard Marquise Goodwin call out the game plan week one, um, even uh, though that he didn't mean to. So yeah, if, if you lose these players, you lose the coach. And so the coach has got to go unless he can put something together. So we'll see this, these next couple weeks. I, I, I hate to look for more. And honestly, I'd be fine with Eric B enemy. And I know that some people might say we're getting another Andy Reed disciple, but the guy is really good and he deserves a head coaching job. But anyways, next steaming hot take. We got Justin Fields is the bust. Uh, that's, that's ridiculous. <laughs> like, like, whoever's saying that, that I just found online or like, you know, people's <laughs> takes like he's garbage. Yeah. He's trash. Like, yeah, that's like a Packers fan or someone that's like a like a Lions fan that's just super depressed Should after the game. Ravens. Yeah, they're just depressed after the Ravens game. You know, kick Justin Tucker kicking a sixty-six. Yeah, that was nuts. Yard field down their throat. Um, yeah, that's a complete overreaction. I mean, you look at all most of those stuff, and I don't think it was Justin Fields' fault. Yeah, there was throws where he could have thrown it sooner. I do agree. He was like looking at like guys too long and didn't just throw it right away. I think he was not anticipating passes like he should be, but in what you have to do in the NFL. And that could be because he doesn't have those reps with the number ones. Yeah. But yeah, I, that's a complete overreaction. I, that dude is <laughs> yeah. crazy. When, when you're getting hit that money times, like you just, yeah, it's going to be very, very hard. Let me see just QB hits um, real quick. QB hits 15. Right. He got hit Jeez. 15 times. Just to put it into perspective, our defense had, got a lot of pressure. Six. So he was sacked yeah. nine times and hit 15 times. Like, I think people would be talking about our defense if our offense did play so well because we had – you know, six sacks and then 18 pressures. So, yeah, exactly. Like, I'm looking at this. He got <laughs> 15 times. He threw it 20. So there's only five times he didn't get hit. <laughs> so, That's crazy. Like, yeah, 75% of the time you're getting smacked. I get why he – like, that. That's that's insane. I know that, yeah, like like we said, he was holding it on onto a little bit. 
He still has all the tools. He sells everything that we need in a quarterback. You cannot judge him this, this, this first year. And if it's any consolation prize, Zach Wilson and Trevor Lawrence, same thing. All did not look good. Still. It really doesn't matter, but <laughs> because it really just matters about our quarterback, but um, it, it's just that offensive line, not looking great. And the last street uh, steaming hot take that I have for you, Blake, the O-line is trash. Now, this is a tough one. Like, I don't know. I, I, I generally right don't know. Screaming at their cell phone saying, what are you I'm, kidding? This is easy. Yeah. I, I, I don't know. I, I just, I don't know. Like they, they play terribly. Yeah. But like, I, I think we've like seen like highlights of them. Like they were running really well last game. Um, and in the first game they ran really well. Um, like it's just those tackles are just slow. Like they're obviously not a good offensive line, but they're not as bad as like other lines. I think like, I don't think we're like. 32 like worst offensive line that we can have but yeah i i think it's the play calling and just i don't know like I, they do suck yeah, but they're not good not the worst they're not the, they're not the worst line like in the league i think i, I agree i think we're bad like we're, it's a bad offensive line and i think that what makes it worse is that like we mentioned before, we are confident about this interior, but now this interior show nothing, absolutely nothing. It's, it's not look good. White hair has not looked good. Mustafer has not looked good. James Daniels does not look good. See you later this off season because you have not done anything. You've been banged up and you're, if you still continue to play this way, goodbye. <laughs> Simple. And I, but I do think that these tackles were terrible because they played against, they played against their weakness, it, speed. They went against speed guys, and yes, you're going to go against speed guys. But it, if anyone has ever played a sport, there's usually one type of player that you know is your weakness. Like for me in basketball, if someone was like significantly taller than me, they would always out rebound me. Or if it was um. Like when I was in, uh, when I was younger, but then later on, it was just like someone who was incredibly like buff that I couldn't like move around. That was like part of, you knew I'm going to whoop this guy. I know he's really good, but I'm going to kick his butt when we, when we play. And so right now they just went against their Achilles heel. And yes, they were, they were trashed. They were destroyed. They were wrecked. But I think that what you saw here was that I think it really highlighted that this interior has been garbage. It, it, they've not been good. And it's been masked by Jason Peters doing really well. And then they went against their real, like their Achilles heel and got cooked. Like my God, was that ugly as we've said multiple times. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, I agreed. Yeah. I don't think like, yeah, it's 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 hard. It, it's really hard. I think that I think it's broken. I think right now the offensive line is broken, and right now Castillo just needs to fix this because your interior line, you might have to make a big change because Mustafer 
has not been the guy that we thought he would be where he's not bringing these guys together. Maybe it's Daniels. Maybe it's, it might be the chemistry with Whitehair and Peters where they just have never seemed like they really know what each other's doing, but good riddance to this offensive uh, performance this week. We're turning the page to the special teams. This is the one time now we have video. You can see how amped up we get for the special teams review. This is the time that we've been waiting for because we got Cairo Santos with six points. Two yes. for two on the field goals. That's what you love to Man see. And doesn't miss. You love to see it. And doesn't 100%. miss. 100%. This is this is what we came to watch the game for, right? Who needs yeah, to I, go for it on when there's three yards left and you're down and you need to score a touchdown? Who needs that when you have Cairo Santos hitting field goals like it's nothing, right? <laughs> yeah i don't know why we just like don't try to go to like to the 50 yard line and just be like all right cario do your thing just three points bang 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 consider lady will 10 field goals later while well, 30 points and we don't have to you know yeah we won't need you know many yards we'll just have to get to that 50 yard mark and just bang. and for those watching you can see it? the sarcasm on our faces uh but <laughs> But um, but so Blake though. But in all seriousness, is there any takeaways that you have from this special teams? Um, Simba Webster is still kind of disappointing. Not gonna lie, like he had a decent uh, tackle yeah. uh, on special teams, but um, yeah, he's not looking amazing. Um, cool Herbert is looking looking pretty good. Cool Herbert, like he's yeah. he, looking decent. Still looking like that running back back there. 23.8 average. That's not bad. Yeah. And yeah, Wong was like 31, I think. So yeah, he's not doing anything crazy. But again, like our special teams, like they're doing their job. I don't think there's anything wrong with them. Like, so I, you know, I'm just happy with them. I see. I can't stand this punt return unit. I really can't. I, I know that Simba Webster is this, uh, like he was one of our gunners, but I'm looking at this Demetriac Felton that I know that he's a good special teamer. He averaged 14.7 yards per return. His longest was 24. And when you're giving up that, that is top tier returns right there. And it just yeah. seemed like they just were whiffing, but mega punt was bombing them. Mega punt, seven punts averaged 56.7 yards a punt like just booming them like unbelievable way to go mega punt but i mean also when you boom it that far i will say when you do boom it that far he does have the ability to then bring it back even more because there's most likely less people back there but still your average around 15 yards for one return is terrible. And so I don't know how you fix it. It seemed like uh, Webster does get down there a little bit quicker, but then it's that opposite side, that Xavier Crawford side that you just want to see a little bit better. I don't know if he was actually the gunner on that left-hand side, but um, we just need, we just need to wrap up. It just seems like we're not making tech. It seems like we have people that are there, but we just whiff tackles no matter who it is. If it's, if it's Felton, if it's Joe Schmo, 
we missed tackles on punts. It's been that way since uh, the the preseason. So, so yeah. But any other takes on the special teams? No, I think you know. I think we got to cry. I just want to cry and go to bed. Yeah, yeah. you know, after that game. So I'm drinking beer. Um, <laughs> <laughs> now this is actually my first beer, so I just thought I'd bring it okay. down for the show. Um, but yeah. but really, it's it was an ugly game. It, it was a really ugly game. This is one of those losses that is tough for all of us. It's it's hard, especially because our rookie quarterback goes in there and didn't perform and didn't look good. And this offensive line that we've we've hated on, that we've said it's broken, it's crap, and it played like absolute crap. This is tough. This is a tough, tough loss, but it's done. And it counts the exact same as any other loss that we would have had. So now we're moving on to week number four. Detroit Lions, just a last second field goal away from beating the COVID riddled uh, Ravens. They had seven starters, I think out. So we're going to be breaking down that game though. This week, we're going to be like always pushing out as much content as we can. We now have video. We're going to be pushing out some of these video clips. We're going to be pushing out so much more. So you want to make sure you subscribe to us or however you're listening to us right now. We appreciate it. And we're going to be pushing out the best content we can make sure to like and subscribe and find us on Instagram. Find us on Twitter, unbearable sports, find us on TikTok. We do all sorts of fun, embarrassing things. If you want to see me embarrass myself, go to TikTok and see me, uh, see me give googly eyes, um, to, to red zone. Uh, so you want to see that it's, it's embarrassing as all heck, but, uh, but it's worth it. It's, it's it fun. The biggest thing is you just got to laugh. You, you got to live life and, and enjoy it. But, but anyways, we're the unbearable sports podcast and we're out. See you guys. Yeah, she's got some nice long hair and you notice she's a budget. Hear that? That's the sound of a patient whose health data is protected from a cyber attack. And that, that's the sound of a financial system that's digitally secured from bad actors. Right now, there's an invisible war being fought on a digital battlefield that impacts what we do every day. That's why at Paraton, we do the can't be done to help protect the vital systems we rely on. Because if we don't, the alternative is unimaginable. Paraton. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. 